Hello and welcome to Ag PhD Radio, broadcasting from the Morton studio today. I'm Darren Hefty. And I'm Brian Hefty. Thanks for joining us. Today we're going to do a little field day preview. The Ag PhD field day is coming up this Thursday, and if you haven't checked the weather, it looks amazing. I've been praying for great weather here for the last year, and they're talking 75 is all for a high that morning. It'll probably be 60 degrees. Light breeze to keep the bugs away, so it should be a perfect day for the Ag PhD Field Day. Love to have you come out. It's a free event we put on every year to say thank you for listening to us here on Ag PhD Radio. So it's right on our farm near Baltic, South Dakota, and if you're not familiar with where that is, it's right north of Sioux Falls, which is the largest city in the Dakotas. Pretty easy to get to. We're just a few miles off of either Interstate 90 or Interstate 29, and if you want to fly in, Sioux Falls has a great small airport, so easy to get in and out of. But anyway, just go to agphd.com to learn more about the Ag PhD Field Day, and we will be talking about that throughout the show. But right now, let's get to the Ag PhD Mailbag. It's the Mailbag! First question comes from Caleb over in Wisconsin. He said, guys, I said, quick questions for you. When talking about Group 15s on corn... I'm just wondering, are there any products that have a lower risk of causing buggy whipping? This year I've seen a little bit from using a quart per acre of dual to magnum. I'm just wondering, would Outlook be any safer? No. No, they're all about the same. Now, when we talk about this buggy whipping, generally we just don't see a whole lot of it. If you want to have less chance of that, what we will typically talk to you about is lightly incorporating it. If you put it on in advance of planting, you lightly incorporate it, then you have less risk. You'll also have less risk in no-till, and you'll have less risk if you apply it really super early. So on our farm, we will put some out in the fall, and we'll put some out in March with the plan to start planting mid-April or so. And anything like that, so any of those methods, that will absolutely reduce your chance for buggy whipping, yet you'll still get really good control. So the the whole goal here is to get that product down into the ground, down where the weeds are going to be, which is in that top half inch, inch, inch and a half, somewhere in that range. That's where a lot of these weeds, the small seeded broadleaves and the grasses are going to germinate. So we want that product down in the soil. Where we see the most buggy whipping is if we've done a an application after planting, and then you get a big rain just as the crop is about to emerge or just emerging. And you get a huge dose in all at one shot. Uh, that's that's a real challenge. And I get that. And, and we have seen that even on our own farm. But again, very rare. And we've kind of now figured out how we can avoid that for the most part. All right. Thanks for the question. Uh, get this one in. Uh, I'm, I'm curious on a small scale, such as my backyard raised beds, uh, just And also for, for in-ground seeding. I'm wondering, you talk about building topsoil. Is manure a requirement? Could compost no. be part of the solution? What Absolutely. are your best tips for building soil? To build new topsoil, the number one thing we talk about is reducing tillage. So beyond reducing... Oh. Darren just handed me the, uh, boy, that was a long question. Thanks for summarizing it was, that it was very a long, quickly. It was a long okay. question. So. <laughs> yep. So anyway, number one is always reduce tillage. 
that's where no-till has a big benefit to massive tillage. I'm not saying you have to go no-till, but just reduce your tillage. Number two, it's planting crops with lots of roots. The roots, that's where the soil organic matter comes from, and actually that will help build your overall soil too. Number three is going to be manure or compost. I don't care which one, but get one of them out there. Four is biologicals. Well, really, I'd probably put four as cover crops, and then five would be using some biological products. We really like cover crops. Yeah, I'm definitely going to put that above the biologicals. I may or may not put that above the manure compost part of this, though. The point is we want to have something growing out there as much as we possibly can. So if there's still growing season left, we absolutely want something growing. And then what happens a lot of times, too, so hard soil. We deal with a lot of hard soils in... Uh, in the, the raised bed situation or lawns or whatever. So if you're having that, then you want to take a look at what's your calcium level in the soil. You've got to have good soil porosity because otherwise your plant roots aren't going to aren't going to be able to thrive. They need air in that soil. So make sure your calcium level is at least 65%. And I, personally, I prefer 75%. Reduce compaction. And you do all these things and you can build soil organic matter over time. So I just say it takes time to build soil organic matter. It takes even more time to build true soil. But you can do it. You can do it even in your lifetime. We have done it on our farm. I, again, it takes time, but it is absolutely feasible. All right, thanks for the question. I got this one from Charles who says, I'm, I've got a few hay or alfalfa questions for you guys. First of all, uh, what do you like for a burn down prior to seeding? And then following up, do you think Wait, Roundup Ready? Is it Ready? hay or alfalfa? No, it's, it's alfalfa. Alfalfa. Then okay. he said, What do you think about Roundup Ready alfalfa versus conventional? I've got some fertility challenges. Probably want to spend the extra dollars on building fertility rather yes. than paying for that trait. And then uh, the herbicide question is: If I go with conventional seed, I'm gonna the burn down is gonna be more critical then. And then just curious what you think about Raptor uh, as the in crop weed control solution. Okay, well we got to take one question at a time. Let's start with this: a burn down. Do not use 2,4-D or dicamba. Burn down gets really tough because alfalfa is so yeah, sensitive. But you can use so. Yes, but that isn't going to kill all the weeds. So you got to go with Liberty or Gramoxone. You could also throw AIM together with your Roundup. So none of those products have any residual. But here's the thing. I don't like alfalfa in a no-till situation. I really don't. And the reason why is because I can use the very best herbicide we've ever seen in alfalfa. And it's night and day difference if you use it versus if you don't. It's Eptam. But that has to be instantly incorporated. So we put in about 500 acres of alfalfa on our farm this year. We did that, worked great. We did conventional seed rather than Roundup because the Roundup's really expensive and I just didn't figure we needed it. Raptor's fine post-emerge, but keep in mind it won't kill the ALS-resistant weeds. So if you are after water hemp, you have to get Eptam down. There's nothing post-emerge that's going to take out your, your water hemp, including Roundup. Stay tuned, we'll be right back. Get more durability for less downtime with Soil Warrior Strip Tillage from Environmental Tillage Systems. Improve fertilizer efficiency and reduce passes and fuel usage. Now that's ROI. Learn more about ETS at SoilWarrior.com. 
Downtime during spraying can lead to huge yield losses. Keep rolling with the Pentair Hypro Force Field. This pump features a unique self-regulated chamber that allows the pump to run dry while eliminating cracked seals, so you can spray longer and more reliably. Learn more at pentair.com hypro. When it comes to mites in your field, you can't afford a solution that might work. That's why there's Zealpro Miticide from Valent USA. With next-level knockdown and long residual control, you can be sure to handle spider mites at all stages of life with complete certainty. With efficient translaminar activity, apply by ground or air, and confidently attack mites where they are. Make Zealpro the definitive answer to your mite problem. Visit valent.com slash zealpro to learn more. Always read and follow label instructions. Corn rootworms are called the billion-dollar bug for a reason. If you don't control the adult populations now, their offspring will cost you later. Labeled for field corn and seed corn, Steward EC Insecticide from FMC offers a unique mode of action that delivers fast and long-lasting residual control of corn rootworm beetles and other tough insects. That proven chemistry makes it an excellent fit in integrated pest management and insect resistance management programs. And with less effect on beneficials than many traditional chemistries, Steward EC Insecticide reduces your risk of creating other pest issues like flaring spider mites. Choose Steward EC Insecticide from FMC. Visit your FMC retailer or ag.fmc.com to learn more. Always read and follow label directions and precautions for use. Welcome back. You're listening to Ag PhD Radio. We're broadcasting from the Morton studio today. We're getting ready for the Ag PhD Field Day. It's coming up on Thursday. It's right here on our farm just north of Sioux Falls, South Dakota. You can find all the details, and you can pre-register at agphd.com. Uh, Brian, we did have one other question that I was going to try and get to before that first break. This came from Ethan, and he said, you guys talk a lot about strip till, and I'm assuming we're going to see some of that uh, at the field day. But just wondering, what are your thoughts? You talk about deep banding PNK in the fall, but what do you think about coltering urea or ESN in the spring to freshen up those strips? Is that something you guys ever do, or would there be anything yes. you'd see as a challenge with that? Well, you can't have so much in the furrow. It's the same challenge we are always going to have when we're putting nitrogen on. we got to be careful about where it's placed. So as long as you're keeping it off the row and or way down deep but you're not going to do way down deep with coulters so yeah if it's me i'm just keeping it off the row and then i'm planting in between wherever i had those coulters but we've done freshening up in the spring i don't like to have to do that i like everything to be done in the fall so we can just go in the spring and it works out great a lot of times what where we strip till that's ready even before our conventional till stuff which i didn't think that was going to be the case when we started doing that but we really do like strip till. We have freshened in the spring. I just don't prefer that because it's another trip that I then have to make off the or make on the field. But anyway, yeah, with nitrogen, just be careful about where you're placing it. If it gets too close to the seed, then that, that, that and then you end up with too much salt. You have burn. You have problems. So we just don't want to see that happen to you. But otherwise, no, I'm not real concerned. Should be good. All right, thanks for the question. We appreciate that. Uh, we're talking a little bit of Ag PhD Field Day and some of the folks who you will see at the field day. we got our friend Pat Driscoll on right now. Pat, haven't spoken to you for a while. How are you doing? 
It has been a while. Doing good. How are you fellows doing? You know, we're doing great. We're doing great. Uh, so talk to us a little about field day. What's what's coming up and, and what's your role in this year's field day? Yeah, you guys got a little little shindig coming up here not too, uh, too far <laughs> in the distant future. We're looking forward to being there, too. <laughs> so, you know, guys, uh, we, we started this little thing about a decade ago ourselves called the Certified Agriculture Dealership Network, uh, where we are helping truck dealers become agricultural truck dealers. We're going to be there to talk with the folks about um, the network of the growing network of truck dealers around the country. Uh, that are certified ag dealers and all of the benefits that come along uh, with doing business uh, with a certified ag dealer for uh, for our farmers and ranchers. We're also going to be introducing three new ag pack partners at your event. Plus, we'll be launching uh, a nationwide sweepstakes uh, at your event where folks are going to be able to win things they can't even buy on the market yet. Well, that is really cool. I, I, I know there's always uh, neat things you can win, but when it's stuff that you can't even get, I like the sound of that, Pat. You know, you mentioned becoming ag truck dealers. It is a lot different. I mean, it's quite different what the needs of farmers are that, that are utilizing. I mean, I, I see uh, lots of my friends that may drive a pickup truck and really don't need it. I mean, they don't don't haul anything, don't pull anything, and uh, it's so different on the farm. You know, that's one of the points that we make with uh, with the dealers when we're recruiting them, and then they go through our training, and that's where they really begin to learn uh, what it means to be a supplier to a farm or a ranch. What we help them understand is, is that the truck is of all of the implements that we use on on farms and ranches, the truck is probably the single most used tool we've got. It's it's the one implement that, that we use literally um, every day, every week, every month, every year for literally every job. And and I don't know how we could run our farms and ranches without pickups and and the the abuse that we put those things through is unspeakable oh pat pat be quiet be quiet about that abuse sometimes we have to trade in a pickup (laughs) well and you know and that's that's part of what we help dealers understand too they you know they've been cared for uh but uh, in a little different way than maybe they're they're used to Uh, they've been exercised we like to put it as exercised (laughs) there you go there you go yeah i remember the one of the first pickups i traded off uh there's some scratches in the back and the dealer's like what are all those scratches from? I'm like, uh, a lot of years of, of hard work here. No doubt about it. Well, Pat, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun just seeing you again. Really appreciate uh, what you're doing and, and that we get to see you at Field Day. And look forward to uh, to that sweepstakes and, and hearing about your new partners and everything that's going on. Hey, we, we appreciate the invite and love working with you guys. You do a great job, and, and we're excited to be a part of what you're doing. Bet. Thanks a lot, Pat. We really, really look forward to seeing you here later this week. And uh, another person we're going to see later this week is Rebecca Helgett with Sound Ag. Rebecca, how are you doing? Hey, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. How are you guys today? You know, we're right in the middle of the growing season and uh, a lot of stuff going on. We're getting some sprinkles today. Unfortunately, we aren't going to get a nice big shot of rain, but I heard that, I heard you got a little bit more rain up there. Yeah, I was going to say it rained most of the morning and uh, quit for a while and then started again. But now now it's I think it's fun. But yeah, we got some rain. 
You know, it's going to be fun at the field day on Thursday. The weather's supposed to be beautiful. It's supposed to be in the 70s, so it's it's just going to be really pleasant to be outside. And, and digging through crops and looking at some of the new things like source that's out there uh, and, and other products, uh, it's going to be fun. And it's going to be neat to be in the middle of the growing season so you can actually see it, touch it, feel it. Uh, what are you getting for questions, Rebecca, and what are some of the things that, that you're going to be talking about at field day? Yeah, so... We're a little different from any other company that's out there, and we, uh, we're at Sound Agriculture developing tools to help growers improve efficiency by unlocking the power of plants and soil. So what we have is a product called Source, and it's a foliar spray. It's a chemical. Activates existing soil microbes, and growers can use it to increase yield overall or to reduce nitrogen applications and maintain yield. So super easy for growers to use. Yeah, that is a nice thing. And you think about it uh, with the regulations that we've already got and certainly over the the coming generation, the nitrogen is one of those things that we, we don't want to see more regulation. We want to try and be as efficient as we can and finding things to, to, to make the whole system work a little more efficiently. That's certainly a welcome change. Yeah, absolutely. There's a lot of different ways growers are strategizing with using this product because we've got a couple different application timings where you can throw source into the program and just pop it in with whatever else is in the tank. So some growers using it to help catch up on early growth after late planting, some growers using it to provide nitrogen phosphorus to the plants later in the season when we're making grain. So it's just, it's really fun to be able to talk through that with growers and help them maximize their profit. Well, that's certainly important. And I know uh, a lot of folks were excited that, oh, we had decent commodity prices. Yes, but input prices are on the rise too. And and all the costs involved in farming are, are up. So finding ways to be more efficient and improve our profitability is certainly one of the big reasons that, that folks will come to the Ag PhD Field Day. Rebecca, I look forward to seeing you here later this week. Thank you so much. Really appreciate having you on. Yeah, thanks again for having us. If anybody wants more information, you can find us at sound.ag. Thank you so much, Rebecca. We really appreciate that. Um, Brian had a, a couple of things come in. One, one I thought this was a great one uh, from email. who said, uh, you guys are always talking about your weed of the week. And uh, sometimes people will say you can eat this weed and that sort of thing. Well, I got a little different story. He said, my chickens love eating Creeping Charlie. Didn't even realize that was a problem. My chickens have wiped this thing out. Yeah, that's perfect. If you can find an animal to take care of something, great. There are also, believe it or not, insects sometimes that will eliminate certain weeds. So when I think about leafy spurge, for example, it, it, but I, I, I just can't stress this enough. Sometimes we find bugs that can take care of things for us or even animals, but then there are unintended consequences of that. So I had an entomologist one time tell me about some bug they brought in for, I don't even remember what it was, but they, and then he goes, oh man, then that caused all kinds of problems. We ended up having to kill the bug. So just be a little bit careful what you wish for sometimes. So it's good to hear that something's taking care of your weeds. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. 
Stop wasting time and money with obsolete adjuvants and foliar fertilizers. High-yielding crops require high-performing multifunctional products like the Fulltech Adjuvant Cube and Impulse from Spraytech. Contact your local retailer or visit Spraytech.com for more information. Get an extra semi-load out of your grain bin. The end zone from Farm Shop MFG can increase your stored beans moisture from 10 to 13%. On a 20,000 bushel bin, that's a free extra semi-load. Visit farmshopmfg.com for more. When it comes to mites in your field, you can't afford a solution that might work. That's why there's Zealpro Miticide from Valent USA. With next level knockdown and long residual control, you can be sure to handle spider mites at all stages of life with complete certainty. With efficient translaminar activity, apply by ground or air, and confidently attack mites where they are. Make ZealPro the definitive answer to your mite problem. Visit valent.com slash zealpro to learn more. Always read and follow label instructions. Be sure to attend the 2022 Ag PhD Field Day. I'm Darren Hefty. The Ag PhD Field Day isn't until the last Thursday in July, but we invite you to mark your calendars today for our biggest event ever. Each summer on the last Thursday in July, we invite you to attend the Ag PhD Field Day. The reason we invite farmers from across the country and around the world to our farm each summer is to say thank you. Ag PhD TV has had a brand new episode each week for 24 years, and we've been doing a radio show almost as long as well. At this year's Ag PhD Field Day, we'll have way more equipment and equipment demonstrations than we've ever had before. We've got a lot of new technologies we'll put into our research plots on site, and we'll have great family entertainment, including a kid's area, music, fantastic guest speakers, and free food and drinks all throughout the day. Please go to agphd.com to learn more, and don't forget to join us on Thursday, July 28th for the free Ag PhD Field Day. In a world of Veltima fungicide. Hey, let's do it less dramatic. Just say Veltima fungicide. Okay, Veltima fungicide. No, that's literally the same. Veltima fungicide. Still doing it. Veltima fungicide does it. Seriously, we just need you to say Veltima fungicide. Swift, simple, and secure. Didn't I? Veltima fungicide from BASF in cornfields this summer. Always read and follow label directions. You can count on AgroLiquid for precision crop nutrition. When you don't get all your potash down in the fall, when weather or market prices change your management strategy, or when you want to balance your fertilizer program with micronutrients, AgroLiquid is ready with the products and application flexibility you want for in-season crop nutrition and the research-proven results you need. AgroLiquid. Apply less. Expect more. Find a retailer at agroliquid.com. Welcome back. You're listening to Ag PhD Radio. We're broadcasting from the Morton studio today, but in a few days on Thursday, it's the Ag PhD Field Day. We'll be outside. We'll be out in our research plots. We'll be showing you lots of things in crops, but we've also got some really cool equipment. In fact, today I was uh, just watching on the road, heading down the road towards the Field Day site I saw a pretty cool-looking tractor, and we've got Drew Fletcher on right now with Klaus to talk about that. Drew, thanks for joining us today. Hey, thanks for having me on. All right, so you just had a pretty exciting launch of a new tractor line. Talk to me about these Axion 900 TT tractors. Yeah, well, you know, the Axion tractors we've had in the marketplace for a couple of years, but 
what we've added this year is in two models, the 930 and the 960 at 350 and 440 horsepower. We've added a half-track version. I, I don't really like the term half-track, but that's what it is. It's, it's a track in the back with the standard front wheel assist up front, so you get the best of both worlds. Uh, we call it TT or Terra Track, um, and it's very similar to the tracks that we have on our combines and on our Jaguars, but it's made for pulling instead of just holding the weight up. So the driver wheel is larger. Um, we've spoked out the, the wheels themselves so that uh, dirt and mud can egress out and we can maintain that, that very tough pull condition. Um, it's a little different than most anything out there because, A, it features our four-mode CVT, which is important because four modes gives you more efficiency or premium efficiency in that CVT. And it's also a fully suspended track. So the ride quality is there. You have the ability to actually um, adjust the, the axle height up and down in case you need to adjust for uh, drawbar adjustment. So you maintain a, a straight line of pull or you need a little extra ground clearance for working over bedded or, or uh, hip crops, that kind of thing. Um, but it also maintains full contact with the ground because it smiles and it frowns and it follows the ground contour to make sure that you have the best ground contact that you possibly can. Let me ask you a really tough question, though, Drew. Can you actually get one, or is this like a three-year wait or something when you put your order in? No, no we actually have them. They're, they're shipping now. Uh, dealers, select dealers around North America have them in stock already. We have many of them sold and on farms. Um, so they're in our order book, and actually for the 23 model year, now this this piece of it is just a little bit of a wait, but we'll have uh, 18-inch track set at 120-inch centers for those 30-inch row crop guys as well. Right now we have a 25, a 29, and a 35-inch track, uh, but we will have that 18-inch coming next year. Interesting. Okay, uh, let's switch gears just a little bit. You get a new seven cla or Class 7 combine out too. Uh, talk to us about that a little bit. Well, this class seven we call it the Trion Seven Forty, um, and we—it's actually one of two that we have in the class seven uh, market size. The Lexion is our premium, high output, high capacity harvesting machine, but the Trion is—it's um, really designed for the small to medium sized farmer, right? So it—it um, it has a little bit less capacity, but it focuses on efficiency and it focuses on ease of maintenance, right? Which is a lot of things that, you know, that small to medium-sized farmers are looking for. Most of the industry innovations over the past few years have focused pretty much on harvesting capacity, which is great when you have a lot of acres to get through. But for those guys that are, as I say, in that medium size range, it's not always about capacity. A lot of the times it's about efficiency, ease of use, and also, most importantly, it's at a price point that is a little bit more palatable, maybe. Yeah, it is really interesting, and, and I love the equipment that you can see at the Ag PhD field. Of course, we're talking about class right now with Drew Fletcher. Uh, Drew, thank you so much. We look forward to seeing you here later this week. All right. Thank you much. Got Chad Stensrud with us right now with Ag Leader. And Chad, uh, when it comes to new technology, certainly uh, Ag Leader is always at the forefront. What have you got coming up at the Ag PhD Field Day this year? Hey, thanks for having me on today. Um, 
So coming up, uh, we're excited to be back. Uh, be back in Baltic for the field day. Uh, looks like uh, high is 75, uh, sunny. Weather should be weather should be great. Um, we're gonna have uh, we're gonna have our uh, our new sprayer product called Right Spot, which is individual nozzle control and turn compensation uh, with a with a PWM pulsing, so you're controlling your droplet size throughout a different a wide variety of uh, speed changes and pressure changes. So we're gonna we'll have that on uh, on display. Um, our partner, our uh, Soil Max, uh, is going to have a tile plow there, so we'll have that. And then uh, inside our booth, we'll have our uh, Sure Speed and Sure Force planter products, our high-speed planter options, and as well as uh, covering our um, kind of our, our staple uh, harvest yield monitoring system. We'll have all that on display too. You know, a lot of this technology, you mentioned the yield monitor there at the end, is almost a throwaway comment, Chad. I think it's one of the greatest inventions in the history of farming that it's allowed us to to just see that variability out there. And now you talk about all these other products from, from right spot to, to sure speed and sure force and uh, even the tile plow that we're dialing it in, looking at, at our fields, not just as one great big field, but as uh, each acre in that field trying to make it more productive. Oh, absolutely. In my in my opinion, a yield monitor is 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 the first piece of technology that that guys should be adding if they're if they're just adopting technology right now. There's that's the most important, highest return on investment piece of uh, technology equipment that you can put on your farm because that that right there is a window directly into like you mentioned here, how to micromanage your your fields, not treat them just as one but as zones, and um, that's how we make our our, our fertilizer decisions. That's how we make our um, our planning decisions. Which variety we're going to put? Where are we going to do population changes? Um, and and then to tie it in with the tile plow too. Yield monitors show wet spots, and you can find out where you've got spots in between your tile lines that are that are wet. Um, it's it's just a it's a great it's a great window into uh, uh, it puts a lot it puts a lot of data at your uh, at your fingertips very quickly. It sure does, and it's pretty easy to manipulate now with the with the systems that we've got. The other thing I love at the Ag PhD Field Day, we're talking with Chad Stensrud here with Ag Leader, is you bring so many experts to the field day that we're right in the middle of the growing season, Chad. That's a little risky. There's going to be a lot of questions that you're going to be answering, I'm sure. And, uh, you know, to have experts right there, you can ask them face-to-face and, and get good answers right when you need it. I love that part. Yeah. That was a great. It was a great turnout last year. Uh, it was the first year that I'd worked at that work at that show. Um, I was. I've worked at a lot of farm shows over the years with different companies, and and I, I was blown away at the turnout there and the the people and the companies that are represented there. I mean, it, it is. It's if if you if anybody that's got that wants to come out, um, if if you can't find somebody there that you're looking for, um, I'd, I'd be, I'd be surprised. It's a very impressive, especially for being a single day show. So, um, yeah, it, it was a, it was an awesome experience last year. And like I said, happy to be back again this year. Well, we look forward to seeing you on Thursday, Chad, and thanks for being on the radio show today. Really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Brian, I had another question that came in, and this one is from Ryan over in Minnesota, and he said, guys, uh, uh, talking about dicamba and leaves and these types of things, uh, just saw a recent article that came out from Iowa State. Any any comments on that as far as the small amount that it takes and what's really causing the cupping? Well, what's really causing the cupping is dicamba. We've been talking about it a little bit on the show here over the last week. 
according to that Iowa State article, I just read that today, by the way, it says one twenty thousandth of a normal rate of dicamba will cup soybean leaves. One twenty thousandth. We have said often here on the show for years that soybeans, unfortunately, are the most sensitive plant in the world to dicamba. Even a whiff will cup those leaves. The good news is a whiff is not going to hurt your yield. So it's nothing to get that worked up about, but it just doesn't look good for any of us in agriculture. So I really hate to see that. I can't wait till they come with a four-way stack. So I have tolerance to dicamba plus E3 or enlist. So in other words, 24D Liberty Roundup. If I get to have all four, well, now I got protection in case somebody's spraying corn with dicamba and I've got beans anywhere near. All right, we're going to get back to talking a little about the Ag PhD Field Day coming up right after this. This is Stormy Fields with your weather forecast. Today calls for a high of 68 degrees with sunny skies and not a cloud in sight. Planting windows can close fast, so when you need both speed and accuracy, choose John Deere. Our exact emerge planters and precision ag technologies give you precise seed placement for uniform emergence and the efficiency you need to gain ground. See what you have to gain at johndeere.com slash gain ground. Your ripper is likely leaving 40% of the subsoil undisturbed. Hi, Greg Souter from 360 Yield Center. Dig behind your ripper and you'll see compacted mounds of soil left between the shanks. Traditional points just can't fracture the complete soil profile. 360 bullet ripper points are berm busters. The bullet's wide 14-inch wing shatters the full soil profile for better water infiltration and root access to nutrients. Get the full story at 360yieldcenter.com. Be sure to attend the 2022 Ag PhD Field Day. I'm Darren Hefty. The Ag PhD Field Day isn't until the last Thursday in July, but we invite you to mark your calendars today for our biggest event ever. Each summer on the last Thursday in July, we invite you to attend the Ag PhD Field Day. The reason we invite farmers from across the country and around the world to our farm each summer is to say thank you. Ag PhD TV has had a brand new episode each week for 24 years, and we've been doing a radio show almost as long as well. At this year's Ag PhD Field Day, we'll have way more equipment and equipment demonstrations than we've ever had before. We've got a lot of new technologies we'll put into our research plots on site, and we'll have great family entertainment, including a kid's area, music, fantastic guest speakers, and free food and drinks all throughout the day. Please go to agphd.com to learn more, and don't forget to join us on Thursday, July 28th for the free Ag PhD Field Day. It takes balance to be successful in farming because what you get out of it depends on what you put in. And Corteva AgriScience gets that. Introducing Nutricia and Nutrient Efficiency Optimizer, a biological product that naturally captures nitrogen from the air. It's a sustainable way to add balance to your traditional nitrogen methods and maximize your yield potential. Embrace a balanced approach to nitrogen management this season by visiting Corteva.us. Do you have crop failures due to flooding, drought, or another event? You may need to consider a better burndown regimen. Adding just two ounces of New Farm Panther SC to your tank mix not only provides faster results, it provides residual that lasts. You gain flexibility to keep your cropping options open. Ask your dealer for Panther SC 
and get Panther power in your tank. Welcome back. You're listening to Ag PhD Radio, broadcasting from the Morton studio today, talking a little about the Ag PhD Field Day, which is coming up on Thursday. Yes, it's a one-day event, and maybe that's why we're talking about it more than one day on the radio show, building up a little bit. But there, there's just so much to see. It's going to be a challenge to get across the whole field day site and, and ask all the questions you want to in one day. And that's by design. We, we really want to have more than enough at the field day. We want you to have a great time. We start at seven in the morning. It's going to be nice and cool in the morning. Heck the afternoon they're forecasting right now, 75 degrees and sunny for high. So it should be a wonderful, wonderful day. And many of the places that you're going to stop and, and uh, see, we're trying to give you a little preview of what's coming up. So we got Jim Lappin up next with Amber back to talk a little about the Simpass system. Jim, how are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you today? I am doing well, too. And, you know, Simpass was one of the things last year that we had a lot of questions coming out of the field. Day. Man, what was that system and how can I get that? And what new products are they going to be able to to run through the system? So talk to us a little bit about Simpass. What's going on? Yeah, we'll have the unit there on the uh, Hefty Research Planner at our tent. We'll have representatives on hand to discuss uh, ways that growers might be able to utilize the system. From a product point of view, the SimPass Applied Solutions continues to grow that portfolio. Uh, going into 2023, we'll have our existing corn sole insecticides, products like Aztec HC, Counter 20G, Smart Choice HC, as well as Climate 20G. Uh, we're introducing some additional products. We had a couple liquid products. We've been testing Invita as a nitrogen fixing solution. We have Invigorate, uh, one of our new uh, acquisitions we made with Agrinos, a kind of a soil health product. We have some products from Verdesian, Microsync Iron, to help address iron chlorosis in soybeans. We have a zinc micronutrient that growers have been using to kind of top up their zinc rate when and where they need to over and above say, a flat rate zinc they may be using in their current program. We last year tested Ritamil Gold from Syngenta as a way to supplement the duration of activity you can get on key diseases like pythium in soybeans. So we continue to expand that portfolio for 23, and we'll be testing even more in 23 looking towards 24. That's a very diverse lineup and a lot of different things, a lot of different solutions you can deliver with the planner, which is really cool. Hey, one of those, Jim, that I wanted to ask you about is Thymet. We, we've certainly seen a growing problem with uh, a new bug in soybeans, the gall midge larvae, and Thymet has sure looked good in the trials on that. Talk to us a little bit about that particular one. So Thymet has always been registered as a soybean insecticide. There haven't been a a lot of utility for that product over the last few years, but it has shown very good activity on the soybean gall midge. As a systemic product, you get physical movement from the furrow root zone up into the stem of the plant where, where the insect is active. Uh, the first year we, we started talking about this mostly was related to field borders. Last year, we heard a lot of anecdotal information that the gall midges move farther into the field. So if a grower has had that type of a, a pressure, particularly in that uh, western Iowa, eastern Nebraska area, uh, 
gold midge has been found much more broadly, but that seems to be where the highest concentration is. Uh, Thymet might be an option for them to go in and say, all right, can I demonstrate I've had that pest pressure this year, document where I had it. And, and again, our impression is that pest doesn't typically infest whole fields. It tends to infest areas near shelter belts uh, where you have uh, really grassy fence lines. Uh, so again, that may be an option to consider for a Simpass Supplied Solution going into soybeans next year as a way to address that issue. It is pretty interesting, uh, the whole SimPass system and just the possibilities of what you can do now as you're already making that pass with the planter across the field uh, to be able to apply insecticide, plant health products, nutrients, uh, and much more. Uh, that's why you might want to stop by the AMVAC area and talk with Jim Lappin. Uh, Jim, thank you so much. Really appreciate having you on. Thank you, and hope the field day goes well. Oh, yeah, we are so excited about this year's Ag PhD Field Day. I'd really encourage you to go to agphd.com, and under our Field Day tab, you can check out our event schedule. So Darren mentioned it a little bit ago, but we do start at 7 a.m., and a lot of people ask us about that. And I just say, look, when it's a one-day thing, we don't know if it's going to be hot or cold, wet or dry, and we have a lot to do. So in order to get all that done and hopefully at least have some really good, cool weather, we do like to start at 7 a.m. We're all done by 4. Plus the fact that we're farmers and starting early in the morning is just something we've kind of always done. But if you come early, trust me, it's going to be great. I, I would say right off the bat, too, we've got a grain marketing, grain marketing session starting at 7.05. Darren and I are going to be doing some Ag PhD radio. We'll do three segments of our radio show that day, right at 7.40 a.m. We also have David Hewla and Kip Cullors separately speaking at 7.40 a.m. So we've already got a bunch of sessions going on at 7.40. At 8.30 a.m., Darren and I are going to take you on a little guided tour through our Ag PhD research plots there at the site of the Ag PhD field day. So I just really encourage you, come early. You're going to enjoy it. It's going to be nice and cool. Bring a jacket. But we have a lot of other stuff going on throughout the day as well. Got a, hopefully, really good air show that day. And the reason why I say hopefully is it, it's all dependent on the weather. But right now, the weather looks fantastic. So we're going to get a tremendous air show there right around the lunchtime. Um, so we, we do have food that will be going throughout the day, free food and drinks. And then once we get to 11 a.m. And, and noon, we've got sessions that will be under tent, under roof. So even though, yeah, this year it looks like it's going to be really cool, we kind of plan on, hey, pretty much every year in the afternoon, it's sunny. It starts to get a little warm, so it's kind of nice being under a tent. We've got a whole bunch of different sessions that you can take part in. And so we'd love to have you there. Oh, and then at the end of the day, Darren and I kind of go back through the Ag PhD research plots a little bit, maybe a little, well, definitely a little quicker than we do in the morning. But anyway, we got a lot of great stuff for you to see, a lot of fantastic farmers coming in to talk about what, what they're doing in their farms to increase yields and profitability. We've got a whole bunch of field demos, too. I'm super excited about that for this year. Hopefully, if all goes well, we're going to be actually cutting some silage that day, applying We'll call it manure, but it's just going to be water, but uh, have manure equipment running in the field anyway. we got a bunch of autonomous equipment that will be running that day. got a little ride and drive area, and we have a whole bunch of new product launches that day. I think there are 
if I remember right, the number's like 22 product launches. It's crazy from different companies around the world, some of the biggest ag companies, because this is really the first farm show in the United States each season. And this is part of the reason why we do this at the end of July. Plus, it's just a great time to hopefully still make some decisions as you go into the fall because we're not quite to fall yet. And if you're planning for next year's crop, like where we're at in the north, I think a lot of people don't realize we don't have a lot of time left until the ground freezes up. And so it just makes working really challenging. So if we're going to make any big changes on our farm, we'd like to decide those sooner rather than later. So anyway, these are all part parts of the reasons why we, we do stuff as early as we do. Plus, we just want you to see what we're doing for research while that crop is still growing. Not at the end. I don't care, and you probably don't care that much. Oh, it's right at the end and we're harvesting it. Yeah, you can only learn so much at that point. It's really nice now when you can dig up plants, you can look at what's going on above ground with those plants. You can see weeds being controlled or not being controlled. Uh, there there will unfortunately be a few insects you're going to see at the Ag PhD field. We're going to talk a little about how you might control those. You might see a few diseases out in some of the in, in the crops. Certainly, we could go out and make everything look absolutely fantastic in every spot, but that's not the point. We want plenty of untreated checks so you can see what we're dealing with for weeds and insects and diseases. And we do a lot of research in many different states, but this is our home farm. We farm about 3,500 crop acres. And so we've got about a 100-acre block where we do this Ag PhD field day. And lots of that, obviously, is for the field demo area and, I don't even know, 30, 40 acres for parking. But still, we've got a lot of research plots we want to show you and a lot more. So be sure to attend the Ag PhD field day. It's free. It's on our farm. Just go to agphd.com to learn more. Stay tuned. At Corteva AgriScience, we want to keep farms healthy and productive, today and tomorrow. That's why we're investing in a robust pipeline of naturally derived biologicals. Meet Nutrition and Nutrient Efficiency Optimizer. It's a sustainable nitrogen fixation product that facilitates crop growth and optimizes yield potential. With the fluctuation in fertilizer prices, Utricia N is a reliable solution. It can be used alongside your traditional nitrogen program to enhance your ROI this year. For more information, visit Corteva.us. If we only had 20 words to talk about AgBiome, we would say we are agricultural innovators focused on unlocking the power of the microbial world to deliver unique, effective crop protection solutions. If we only had five words, we'd say learn more at agbiome.com. With superior materials, craftsmanship, and best-in-class warranty, a Morton machine storage or workshop is built to stand the test of time. To learn how we can help you expand your farm operation, visit mortonbuildings.com. Be sure to attend the 2022 Ag PhD Field Day. I'm Darren Hefty. The Ag PhD Field Day isn't until the last Thursday in July, but we invite you to mark your calendars today for our biggest event ever. Each summer on the last Thursday in July, we invite you to attend the Ag PhD Field Day. The reason we invite farmers from across the country and around the world to our farm each summer is to say thank you. Ag PhD TV has had a brand new episode each week for 24 years, and we've been doing a radio show almost as long as well. At this year's Ag PhD Field Day, we'll have way more equipment and equipment demonstrations than we've ever had before. We've got a lot of new technologies we'll put into our research plots on site, and we'll have great family entertainment, including a kid's area, music, fantastic guest speakers, and free food and drinks all throughout the day. 
Please go to agphd.com to learn more. And don't forget to join us on Thursday, July 28th for the free Ag PhD Field Day. It's smart to make the right agronomic choices, and it's even smarter to get rewarded for them. With the Bayer Plus Rewards Program, you earn cash back on seed, herbicides, and other eligible products. And it keeps getting smarter, because now you can earn an additional 10% bonus when you send your redemption check to your retailer. To learn more, contact your retailer today. Protect your yields and get the most from your land with Bayer Plus Rewards. Visit MyBayerPlus.com and see program terms and conditions for full details. When I step on someone's farm, I feel like I've already walked a mile in their shoes. I spin spring on the tractor and fall in the combine. I see the excitement in my kids' eyes on our farm, but worry if there's enough of it for all of them. I make sure everything Case IH makes meets the challenges farmers face, because I face them too. My name is Ryan, I am a farmer, and I work at Case IH. Case IH, built by farmers. Welcome back. You're listening to Ag PhD Radio. We're broadcasting from the Martin Studio, and we are in the Ag PhD mailbag time, meaning we're taking your calls and agronomic questions at 844-44-AG-PHD, or you can email us radio at agphd.com. That's exactly what Jamie did, who says, guys, got uh, got some more questions for you. Had some questions a while back, and really appreciate the responses that you you gave me. I'm in southern Michigan. And I'm wondering, do you have any tips on raising buckwheat? I'm sending my soil samples here. Just wondering what you would do with the soils and then uh, any other tips you got. Hey, Jamie, I'll throw a couple things out. Buckwheat is not a crop that we raise on our farm, but uh, just just looking at what that Other than crop... the weed, wild buckwheat. We've yeah. been pretty good at raising that over the years. <laughs> we aren't big fans <laughs> of it, though. But uh, the thing about buckwheat, the crop that I've always read, is it likes well-drained soil. So if you've got some drainage issues... He has a uh, CEC a, of 5.6, so I don't think he has drainage getting issues. Getting tile in there would be good. But <laughs> on the other side, in light soils... The drought tolerance is typically not great. Uh, it's not the most drought tolerant one. So you can manage around that by balancing fertility and making your crop more efficient with the water that it's going to be pulling in to some degree. But a 5 yep. CEC is fairly light. Uh, yeah, that's really light. And if you don't have irrigation, it's going to be tough. All right. So uh, soil test, Brian, anything else you see there fertility-wise? Well, okay. Here's the first thing that I see. 6.5 pH, which means the hydrogen percentage should be about 7 or 8%, 6%, something like that. And your hydrogen percentage says 21.4. That's going to throw everything off. I could I could run the math, and I didn't. Darren just handed this to me, so I don't have time to put it through my little calculator. But you do not have 21% hydrogen. I'm telling you that right now. So, that also means you don't have only 58% calcium. You've got more a hot. You've got a higher percent calcium than that. Your potassium, though, let's put it this way: you only have 93 parts per million of potassium. That's just flat out too low. But with a 5.6 CEC, it's not going to hold potassium super well if you get lots of rain or put on lots of irrigation water. So you're going to have to be spoon feeding potassium, but you got to get more potassium out there. That's the first thing. Second thing is your phosphorus is only at 34 on your Bray 1. Well, that, I mean, it's not horrible, but 
on the soil test, it says high. That is not high. That's not even close to high. That, to me, in my book, is really low. Or I shouldn't say really low, but it's low. So I'd, I'd continue putting more phosphorus out there. We want to get that level built up a little bit, and phosphorus isn't going to leach away. So that's the good news. With zinc, you're at four parts per million, so you're almost at that 10 to 1 ratio that we often talk about. But here's the thing that you're going to struggle with. It's boron, sulfur, and potassium to go along with nitrogen, of course, in your light soil. So all those leachable nutrients. So your sulfur's really low, your boron's really low, but we would expect that in a light soil. And then the last thing I'll add is copper. You're at 0.9 parts per million. Copper's similar to zinc and phosphorus where it's not going to leach away on you. So get a little bit more copper out there. That's going to help. All right, thanks for the question. We really appreciate that. Uh, I got a little feedback here. This is from Davis down in Zambia. He said, guys, just want to let you know your program is great. I really appreciate it. I'm a professor of plant breeding at the University of Zambia, and I really enjoy your show. Hey, Davis, thank you so much. We really appreciate that feedback and uh, hope you're able to, to make use of the program down there if it helps uh, any of your students as well. You are certainly welcome to do so. Uh, got a question that came in from Randy, or a comment, he said, uh, you guys talk about planting depth and getting that just right and the importance of that. My planting depth has always been for corn, two knuckles deep, and my best tip is don't drive so fast. I, I see uh, guys running too fast, that's where they have problems. And if you have an old planter, he goes, I'll just tell you, my old John Deere 7200 Plants like a $150,000 planter just does a great job. Hey, thanks, Randy. Really appreciate that. And I, I do agree with you. It doesn't really matter how old your planter is. If you run it correctly and well, do the proper maintenance, you can still do a great job. Yeah, but let's put it this way. One of the things I like about the new planters is the singulation's really good, and I can go faster, and I can still get that good singulation. And the, but the other big thing that, to me, pays even more is the variable rate planting. So I don't know if he's got his planter equipped so it's able to do that now. But if not, I'd really encourage you at least take a look at that. Because here's the thing. Seed corn prices are probably going up $50 a bag. So when they go up $50 a bag, everybody's going to freak out, and they're going to go, oh, my gosh, what am I going to do? And I'm going to have to cut. Well, we got to be smart about our cuts. I'm not saying we need to cut across the board because, in my opinion, we do not. But if we've got areas that we're not getting the yield, then by all means, that might be an area that you could look at cutting. We often talk about this ratio or this number that we're looking for at 7 to 10. So in other words, you take whatever your planting population is, so let's say in thousands. So let's say you're planting 30,000. You take it times 7, that's 210 bushels. You take it times 10, that's 300 bushels. So what we're saying is at 30,000 plants per acre, you should be in the range of 210 to 300 bushel corn. If let's say you're getting 180 today, you're planting too much, most likely. So you should be able to cut back a little bit. But the problem is, I'm guessing in your field, if you're planting that 30,000, you probably have areas that are 250. Well, if you've got an area that's 250, I wouldn't be cutting back there. So we just want to be smart about all these things. And that's why quite often on the show, we'll, we'll do thing, we'll ask the question basically, all right, what are you thinking about changing for next year? It's rare when somebody comes on and they say, you know what? All this new technology that allow me to change this and fix that and everything else. Yeah, I don't want any of that. <laughs> In fact, most people will say the one thing I'm not cutting back on is that kind of technology that allows me to make some of those changes on the go. 
it's been really helpful in a lot of operations. That's the only thing that I would say that, you know, kind of stands out to me and a reason why if, if you're not going to get a new planner, at least get some of the new technology so you have the ability to do that. That and the automatic shutoffs for us, those are probably the two big things that have really paid on our farm on a planter. All right, had some feedback here from Peter. He said you guys were talking about fixing saline and salty soils. And I'm just wondering, why why don't you use the strategy of planting salt bush or adding succulents in those areas or planting salt-tolerant trees I to help lower the water table? Because I can't make any money with those. So, I mean, at the end of the day, if I don't make any money, I go broke, and then what good did that do? So we're trying to raise... Yeah, on our farm anyway, corn or soybeans or like this year is a little bit of oats, alfalfa. I, I mean, we're trying to do the best we can there. And to put those other crops out there, they may temporarily lower the water table, but that doesn't permanently solve the issue. As soon as I take those trees back out, go plant my corn or beans, well, then the water table comes right back. So that didn't solve my problem. What we're after is a long-term solution to the problem. And here's the other thing. If the water table is high, remember, that means that the air is choked out. So rather than thinking about it as water management, it's air management. I'm trying to keep the air level high in the soil. When the air level is high, now I've got a much richer soil. I have way more soil life. And everybody talks about this healthy soil concept. We agree 100%. If you have a healthy soil, you raise better crops and it's better all the way around. You sequester more carbon. You have cleaner water coming out. You're building soil organic matter. All those things are amazing if you have air in the soil. If you don't have air in the soil, all those things go away and your soil turns to junk. And then we got a real problem. So anyway, yeah, I, I, I'm not saying your, your, your solution wouldn't work if we want to take it out of production. I I, I still don't think it would, but I, I mean, it's it, it would be better than nothing. I agree. All right. Uh, thanks for that question. We appreciate it. I got this from Terry. He said, I went to your field day back five years ago or so. Sounds like it's really growing. What is different at the field day? Planning on coming up again this year. Um, it's mainly more of everything. So compared to five years ago, I don't even know if we had the Morton Center back then, but I mean, we got a great big air conditioned build. We have two big air conditioned buildings now, our, our farm shop, and then the Morton Center where we can have a thousand farmers in there and air conditioned and everything. But we have a huge field demo area now where we've got a lot of equipment running, a lot of ride and drive stuff, more research plots. Um... Beyond that, I, I just I think we got better entertainment, better speakers. Hopefully, you're going to enjoy what Darren and I have to say more this year than five years ago. Hopefully, we're a little bit smarter than we were back then. But uh, but anyway, now it's going to be a lot of fun, and I know you would enjoy it. Hopefully, you can join us. Again, that's coming up on Thursday, July 28th, so just a few days away. You can find all the details and pre-register at agphd.com. Thanks for listening to our show today. Please be sure to join us again each weekday for more Ag PhD Radio.